Welcome back to Wake Up Winden, everybody, where I am covering a great episode of The Beforeners today, Season 2, Episode 3. I'm your host, Brian Hickey. That was a really good one. A lot of uh, questions being answered. I was just uh, going through my recap and a lot to look forward to for the second half of Season 2, including a reveal about who Jack the Ripper is, uh, John Roberts, I suppose, uh, JR, I guess, <laughs> that I was just putting that together, so that kind of uh, kind of tracks there. Uh, we'll get to that towards the end of the episode. It's a big reveal, but kind of a big headline, right? Uh, Isaac Ben-Joseph, he is not Jack the Ripper, uh, but we do kind of get confirmation. It seems like we get confirmation. I had to do a little bit of translating of the email at the end of the episode, but I'll get to that uh, when we get to that part. So, uh, thanks everybody for being with us. I'm uh, uh, just a little background. I was a podcast about the Netflix show Dark, and now I'm covering the Beforeners for this uh, for these two seasons. Then we'll see what happens next. But I'm uh, gonna finish off just uh, three episodes to go after this one. Uh, but I'm I really liked this episode, so let's get into it. All right, so I'm gonna start with King Olaf because I was questioning last episode. You know, what's what's the end game with King Olaf? Why is he part of the show's narrative? Other than it's just really a cool thing to see, like, the king come back uh, from the past. And I'm sure it would be, like, a big deal in Norway to see that. But uh, what can he ultimately do? And I think why we're getting him in the story now, it's becoming a little more clear. Because he's going to have a tie-in with Alfielder. Right, we saw at the end of the last episode that the Volvo was working with him, the kind of prophet that is friends with Elfielder, but you know, kind of frenemies, right? And King Olaf is uh, talking to her, and the Volva is given some information. She's saying that she found someone whose light shines even brighter than Mad Madeline, who King Olaf is with, and he must think that she's crucial to whatever mystery they're trying to solve or whatever they're trying to do. It turns out Alfielder is the true, the true one, right? The uh, the prince, the princess who was promised. If I could borrow a Game of Thrones term, but she can travel in all directions, and that's kind of, I guess, maybe what this prophecy foretold. That the one who travels in all directions is what I, I that I don't know the answer to, and uh, perhaps I've just missed it. You know, there's some things in the show that you can definitely miss if you're only watching the Norwegian with the English subtitles because a lot of the reading materials don't get translated. But I don't think, I don't know what exactly the prophecy is, but I know that they're talking about it. And she can travel in all directions and they want Elfielder. Uh, they're going to they're gonna definitely want to try to meet her. That's definitely coming in the last three episodes, I can guarantee that. So, what else is going on in King Olaf's life? Well, he is getting revenge against the guy who works at the naming uh, the naming office, and he was really dismissive of Olaf, and, you know, Olaf, it's it's a classic example of the timism that you see in this show, right? Maybe Olaf isn't going about it in a way that a 21st century citizen would, but, uh, you know, he doesn't know any other way, and the guy was definitely rude to him and wouldn't even take his case, but now that Olaf has a lawyer, he's gonna subpoena, <laughs> he's gonna subpoena them and make them uh, do a DNA test. Uh, they, uh, the lawyer, he, and I was wondering, I was like, how did he pay for this lawyer? And I'm guessing it's like through the YouTube. Maybe he has like a 
Patreon or he's like on Twitch and people just keep throwing him, keep throwing him dollars uh, or uh, kroner maybe I think is Norwegian. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe just euros. But uh, he <laughs> he's like you can see on like the YouTube later on when he does a stream. They're all like, you're the greatest King Olaf. Like, there's some English comments. Like, I can't read the Norwegian ones, but I'm sure that, you know, it's along the same lines. So you could see him getting, like, some money from having this cult following. And he, uh, um, so he's getting his revenge on this, on the naming guy. And it's, it's, it's really funny to see. He's, he's really satisfied. And the naming guy is, uh, he thinks he can wriggle out of it, but he's getting recorded and then he's going to go consult with the legal team and the lawyer's like, you go do that. And so that was all, that was all really great. I'm glad we got a call back to that and, uh, glad Olaf, you know, can, can get, you know, he, I mean, he is who he says he is. Apparently I was thinking it would be funny if like once he did the DNA test, uh, turns out he wasn't King Olaf or like, I don't know, somebody like, um, you know, frauded the results and uh, made it so it wasn't him. I wonder, I wonder how he would react to that. But you do see King Olaf go through with the test, um, and so like he's uh, uh, while he's like getting his blood drained, like you can see a flashback to like when he was fighting and when he was stabbing. I think like he even says he's like, I've had worse stabs than this to the uh, the nurse who's helping him out, and uh, so that that seems pretty cool. You see him like take a take like a spear in the chest and he like fights on so you know Olaf uh he, I mean the show clearly he is who he says he is like through the shows through the show's eyes so I am wondering where it's gonna end because I think the last scene we see with him he's uh making his YouTube stream and he's uh kind of like he's like saying like what a horrible disgrace it is that they would desecrate King Magnus's uh grave and you can actually see a flashback to him, like, holding his son up, um, and then, like, and, you know, it's sad, like, cut to him, like, later, like, you know, a thousand years later, he's, like, putting his skull in a, in the basement of, of a place where goat sacrifice happens or whatever, or pig sacrifice happens, but I guess, you know, that was, that was somewhat of the norm at that time, but anyway, uh, you see, uh, King Olaf, he is, I, I so, like, he's gonna get name, he's gonna get, like, celebrity status, according to this and maybe this would like give him more power and he's gonna want to meet with Alfielder in the next episode I'm guessing the vulva can probably make that happen uh the vulva double crossing Torhund is kind of uh the reason that this all worked because uh Elfielder lets Torhund know that there was no forced entry you have the basement key uh, he has an alibi and you don't like there's there's no alibi for Torhund. So since he doesn't really have an alibi, but he 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 does he does have a theory. He want he thinks that it's King Olaf and he's absolutely right about that. He knows that King Olaf has the motive. He hears on the radio what had happened that through the DNA testing or like the, through the, the what's going to happen is that they're going to do a DNA testing because of the skull that was found or because of the body that was found and he's uh he's like that's it that's what that's what that's why it happened so he's letting Elfielder know that and you know he'd probably sadly be up Shit's Creek if it wasn't for Elfielder and you could see this is how like you know racism would work or how timeism would work in this in this case in this show but you know he would he would have a hard time not knowing anybody in the police force and it's lucky that Elfielder you know is the the first ever be foreigner who became a police officer he's very fortunate that he knows her 
and that he has like some way to like maybe maybe go through this line of questioning because otherwise I don't know if anybody's going to listen to his story. So, you know, it's it's sad and uh, the show handles what you know, the show handles a, you know, sensational or you know, maybe even like ridiculous premise, but it handles it as if like uh, as if as if it were in the real world. So it is something I appreciate about the show. And you can see that, like, even, you know, we have a traveling episode. We have Al uh, Fielder and Lars, they end up going to London. And uh, you see in the opening credits with, uh, we see, instead of Oslo, we see London. And you can see the effects that the same thing's happening in London, right? Um, and, that, like, you get a counter. And I don't know, maybe we've had this in season one. But it was, you know, obviously easier for me to read as somebody who's Engl- uh, an English speaker. But... You know, five million, over five million people in the UK alone have time migrated. And, you know, 582 just that day. And if this is happening all over the world, I mean, you know, we already have like, you know, population higher than it ever was in the history of the world. And uh, if this was happening too, you're getting an extra five million people just in London. Like, that's like a small area, right? Like, imagine like every, like, the different regions in the United States or like just different regions, like everywhere around the world um, are getting these. So uh, there's countries that are much bigger than the UK uh, in terms of like land mass. Yeah. The I mean, this would be, this would be a, quite, quite the problem for, uh, uh, for world leaders, like quite, uh, quite something to figure out. And just like in the real world, like people have a hard time with these solutions and uh often like you know with like the homeless like people want to like brush it under the rug and not uh maybe not think about it and like that seems like kind of like what's happening with a lot of the foreigners you know they get their introduction video when they're first uh when they first time a great but you know how much how many resources are put into like helping them uh like adjust with this right you know people like Alfielder she's like one of the rare, one of the rare, maybe one of the rare instances where she has like a super successful, you know, transition into, into the, into this world. So as you can see, like both in London and Oslo, so many of the people you see on the streets seem to be time immigrants and like they let you know through like costuming and things like that. Anyway, just, just something, it was, it was cool to see a different part of the world. And if, they do do season three it would be even cool to like keep seeing this world expand so uh you know somewhere like maybe outside of the city would be cool like a uh, different 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 setting uh different setting than even like a western setting too would be nice i wanted to stop before we go to the whole jack the ripper storyline and the cops let's uh stop down at another entanglement that we have in the show we've got uh so since madeline was you know dating <laughs> dating i guess king olaf uh, you know, this leads to Ingrid. She's still friends with Madeline and she hangs out with, uh, all of them. They all party like that. You saw that the, the, <laughs> you saw that the flat, the flat they had, the apartment and, uh, you know, you know, they're college kids basically, right? They, uh, last what was it? The bend over bus, <laughs> you know, they're, they're out to, they're out there to party. So, um, you know, Ingrid, they, she has this conflict we saw in the last episode, she's pregnant, right? And she was with a guy from King Olaf's, uh, from King Olaf's, you know, friend, friend group, I guess you'd say. And, you know, this guy 
does not handle uh, does not handle it well. And you know, Ingrid wants she will. It's 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 complicated, right? Because her parents clearly want her to get the abortion. Um, her mom and her stepdad clearly, and like they're like directing her to do that, right? And like maybe Ingrid just like she wants it to be her choice, right? And she like gets more. Um, she like wants the guy to be in on it. Like she wants him to include him. And she like tells that much to Lars and Lars like kind of gives her advice that, you know, she, you should talk to him first about it. So she does. Right. And like, he like works as like an actor. It looks like, uh, he's like at a green screen or maybe he's like a stunt man. I'm not sure. It was interesting to see that that was his job. But you know, when she first tells him like, he's really sweet. He like tells her that like, uh, you know, so he's been thinking about the time they had the other night and boy does it flip um he when she tells him that he's that she's pregnant and you know it is you know they got like thousand year generational gap right but he reacts i guess like somebody would like in 100 and he's like he's like he's like really happy about it and he's like is it a son and like this is so far from what ingrid is thinking and she's like a son uh what and she's like i don't you know, I don't think I'm, I'm going to get an abortion. He doesn't even know what the word, what the word means. Um, but once he figures it out, he, you know, gets very violent with her, very physical. And he like pushes her up against, uh, against the wall with his forearm. And he like threatens to kill her. Uh, like it'll be the last thing that she does if she has the abortion. So, uh, big yikes. And poor Ingrid, she's really in a tough spot here. And, I do, I do, I do like that she actually does communicate with her parents, and she does tell her parents what's going on. I think sometimes, like you see in shows, like it's a little tropey, right? That the teenager or like the young adult they won't ask for help, or like they won't confide in maybe somebody who would be able to help them. And like you could understand why, right? It would, you'd be fearful, like like they could be like, you know, I told you so. Why'd you do that? Um, but you know this is really serious, this is a death threat, and she does tell him, and she does have a father who's a, who's a cop, so by telling, by telling them, they include Lars in on it, and Lars is pretty comforting, he's like, we're gonna take care of this, we're gonna sort this out, and that's kind of like what we get from that storyline in this episode, but, you know, is Ingrid gonna be in danger in the next episode, or like, will Lars just like arrest this guy, um, I mean, he's committed a crime, right? I mean, that's, you can't do that, so, I think, I mean, I think he has, I think he has reason to, uh, will that lead to like further retaliation from Olaf's men? I don't know. It's kind of, it's, it's scary. So like Ingrid is in a really scary position. Um, and Ingrid and Gregor's do kind of be like, get to be in like the told you so position. And they kind of criticize Lars for like, yeah, this was your advice. Uh, if she didn't go talk to him, uh, this wouldn't have happened. And it's, like, kind of like a, you know, I think, like, Lars had the right process, and, you know, we got a bad result here, right? And sometimes, like, you can have a bad process and get a good result. And, you know, I think Marie and Greg are, like, true. Like, maybe if they, he never would have known, known about that, that wouldn't have happened. But would that be the right thing to do? I don't know. Um, it's a pretty, pretty interesting situation they've laid out here. Uh, so we'll have to see what, what's going to happen with that but you know it's it's it's, it's scary um you know like how quickly like domestic violence can happen and um 
how just like how affecting and like how trapping abuse can be so um really really tough stuff and i hope that you know i hope we can sort it out so i hope hope hopefully this story will have a happy ending anyway let's move on to jack the ripper the storyline that's happening here the english do not want it to be a uh, no, no, nobody in a position of power wants the Jack the Ripper headline to come out. For different reasons, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. The English police definitely seem a little nefarious. There's sometimes where they're on the level, but they, I don't trust them right now. The Oslo police, they just don't want, like, there to be a hysteria. They don't want it to get out, like, or, like, maybe even, like, fear of getting made fun of, right? Like, Jack the Ripper, psh, how could that be? So... It's interesting uh, the two different uh, police forces kind of not wanting to admit that this theory could have some weight. So anyway, let's talk about what happens in the UK. So we do travel, uh, maybe a bigger budget for the show in season two. I, think, I thought that was cool. It was, like I said, it was cool to see England. And, you know, in the first, uh, first little prelude scene to that, we have uh, Henry Black and Precious Clark the British cops, and they are in a field, looks like, or like a, I, I thought it was going to be Norway for a second, then I realized, you know what, the UK has like nice, has a, has a lot of nice uh, greenery and a lot of nice uh, open fields too, so they, uh, they end up trapping a bird and they GPS tag it, right? So the Neo-Luddites appear to have some sort of a similar setup in England as they do in Norway. And maybe it's like a whole connected, you know, organization like all around the world. It probably is, is, is what we're being led to believe here. So anyway, we have the English, they, they know how to track the birds. And when they meet with Lars and Al Fielder, who has been practicing English this time, and uh, she knows how to say it's raining outside, which she gets to use, which was awesome. <laughs> But they get to travel to London, and we see Elfielder, really funny, carrying the travel chest. I love that. She has this really cumbersome, you know, like, treasure chest that she, she travels with, and, like, she can't put it up on the, um, <laughs> the overhead baggage on, like, the train or on the plane. And it's just, it's just really a funny, funny gag, funny sight. Come on, you figure, like, she'd probably adapt to that. I don't know. I don't, how good was the chest? Uh, it doesn't even have wheels, right? Uh, but that was really good. Anyway, so we get the police meeting and they are discussing, you know, possible theories and they definitely think it's, uh, Ben Joseph is the killer, Isaac Ben Joseph. And they are really trying to lead the Norwegian police down this line of thinking. Uh, so they mention, uh, I think Lars asked like, why was he in, um, a mental institution in the first place? And I thought the response was like really interesting and really sad because uh, Ben Joseph found out about the Holocaust and he had a breakdown because he learned all of his uh, descendants died in that. And I, I had to stop and choose my words because I was about to say ancestors, but that's not the case. This is descendants in this case. And just like imagining how messed up that would be like, because they obviously skip it in time, right? They go from like the 1890s to you know, 2017 or 18, whenever the show's filmed. So, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't know about the Holocaust until he travels into this time period. And yeah, what a wrenching thought. Like, uh, it's not something I had considered, but 
you know, you see that he's a man of faith early on in the show. And, yeah, this has to be, you know, of course he would have a breakdown. Like, this is uh, this is really messed up stuff. Like, you know, he had kids, right? And it was their kids and, like, possibly them, too, that they died in it. I think, you know, time-wise, you know, 50 years would have passed. Like, it's definitely possible, like, that even his kids would have died in that. So that's really heavy, really, really messed up and um yeah uh you definitely feel sympathy for isaac ben joseph even though the british are trying to get us to think he's the main suspect i think by the end of the episode we can kind of dismiss the ben joseph is the suspect theories at least like through like what the show is showing us so as they're leaving right they have their meeting and the english kind of tip them off to how to find ben joseph they let them know that, you know, you can track these birds just like we did. And wherever the birds fly, that's where Ben Joseph will be. So he gives them that idea. But Lars brings up the theory about Jack the Ripper again. And he tells them that, he tells Henry Black that he's like, we have some scholarly articles that we found. And Henry Black like dismisses the scholarly scholarliness of the articles. And I was cracking up too, because I was like, yeah, come on, Lars, Liz are all... These are sites that you just Googled. And they, <laughs> it's not like you found them on like EBSCO or like uh, one of those sites you would use like when you were, I don't know if anybody else had this experience, but when I was in high school, I'd have to like do a bibliography and like do a, you know, like, you know, some research and you'd have to actually like have like accredited sites. And like, I don't know if like that's what, I don't know if like Lars would pass like a, you know, like a written, uh, a, a written test. To, I was going to say English, but of course he's speaking a different language, but uh, you know. It's just it's just funny that the the scholarly article is killing me, and Henry Black's dismisses just he really like you know how could uh how could Lars come back from that? So since uh you know you know they're really jerks about this and they also snitch on him like they like tell uh the they tell the Oslo police that like yeah your man he's uh this Lars guy he's he's bringing up Jack the Ripper like this is a level of unprofessionalism we can't deal with in the UK. Uh, but, uh, anyway, they're pissed at Lars, like, on, upon their return, they kind of play good cop, bad cop with him. We have the, the woman boss, and we have the, 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 the male chief, I guess, of the, the district, and then, like, his boss is the woman that's, uh, that's usually upset with Lars, and the chief is, like, always, like, way too nice, and, like, can never deliver the news properly, but, uh, you know, basically, what they're saying is, like, Lars you know, we could threaten, like, they can threaten his job, right? Like, if he keeps up on this line of inquiry, they can, you know, take away that consultant job very easily. He's not part of the team yet. Like, he doesn't have to be. So they're really uh, rude to him. And eventually, when their, you know, great plan ends up working, they don't even let Lars interview Ben Joseph at the beginning. So how'd they catch Ben Joseph? So they did the bird trick, right? And Wenke was uh, pretty involved in this. She was uh, she she was pretty involved in the capturing of the birds, and she did a good job. And they got the bird. They tracked to them to like, Doctor Ann's farm. I think his name was Doctor Ann. I haven't I haven't seen that this season. I don't know why I would make up that name, but I remember it was some some weird doctor name. But uh, he's a creep. He's he's really problematic. He's getting his like toenails clipped by some poor girl. Uh, when, like, the feds come in, and uh, they, uh, so they bust him, like, Ben Joseph, I thought he was going to get away for a second, he was, like, running, he was running, but they eventually, they eventually got him, too, 
so they capture all these guys and uh, hopefully they can save you know uh people who are like you know involved like i don't know I, it's hard to sit the neo-luddites i mean are, were they there by choice i found it interesting that you know the neo-lud or like at the time like in the 1800s the neo-luddites or i guess the luddites at that time they would have been against uh they would have been against the industrial revolution and it's just it's just interesting right because that would be like the technology of the time like things are changing and like they didn't want things to change and that definitely would be a position that some people would have in society so just something i haven't thought about and uh it's cool that the show has like taken that from history and plugged it into like what would what would it be like today so uh that is very very cool and ben joseph is being very difficult in the interview room i think we see it's al fielder and wenke and they are uh, grilling him, and he is not uh, not really accepting of it. He won't talk to them. He only wants to talk to Lars. And then I've got to got to go back to Elfielder, I think, because there's some other critical things going on with her with her sleep sleep disease. And, and you know, Lars, when he's talking to her in London, he does convince her to see to get an evaluation. And he was kind of like in the position that Ord, uh, her friend, was. Uh, that Elfielder was in for Erd in the last season when she was getting cancer treatment. Uh, she had to convince Erd to do that, and now Lars is in the position uh, for Elfielder to try that. Um, and it does seem to work because she does go get evaluated at the end of the episode, and you can see that her brain scans are like off the charts. Like uh, they have to, the examiner has to call in a doctor to like verify like could this be real. So like I don't know what it means, but she's got <laughs> her. She's got a brilliant brain. I don't know <laughs> something's going on. And, uh, you know, she's the key to the prophecy. She's, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, is she in danger? Like, is this, is this going to be fatal for her? I do worry about her. Like, is she shining too brightly? But yeah, that's what's kind of going on with Elfielder. They end up getting Lars to come in for the interview because he's the only one that will talk to Ben Joseph. And while this is happening, like you're getting like a scene with Alex who has, been kind of the guy undercover working for the cops, but he's working with the British cops. Again, I don't know why, he, but he's working with the British cops and he's trying to manipulate evidence. He is, uh, he's like, uh, they're, they're going through like evidence that was found at the farm, at the ranch, and he wants to dismiss this picture. Uh, he wants to like get rid of evidence, basically. Uh, it's like the report that he was deleting off the printer and, like, from what I could tell, it's just, like, a picture of a Luddite, a report of a Luddite, or a Neo-Luddite. And I'm not sure what the relevance is to it, but I know he was trying to keep that information from Lars in the last episode. So he's still trying to keep it from Lars. He's trying to keep it from the Oslo Police Department. But, luckily, the guy that's with him is doing good cop work, even though he's, like, playing with a dildo that they found. But he's still doing pretty good cop work, and he takes a picture of it, so... Hopefully Lars will find that in the next episode, or Alfielder, or somebody who, or even, you know, God forbid, Wenke, but uh, hopefully hopefully somebody will find it, and they can put that information to some good use, and we'll uh, be able to get to the bottom of what all is going on with that. But, Alex also gets an email, and you know what, I, I love the show, and you know, I wish they could have just given me a little translation on the screen as to what happened because it was really crucial. Like, if you didn't speak Norwegian, you would not know what was going on uh, unless you 
like me took a picture of the email and translated it on Google Translate. So I do know what it means. Uh, I dutifully typed it out. Uh, and the email said, basically, uh, we finally managed to recover the surveillance files from the night of the murder. Hope this can help you in the case regards the security manager from Oslo something or other. So that's all interspliced with Ben Joseph telling Lars to look on the cover and you turn to the inside jacket of the cover of the book that Ben Joseph gave him and it's this guy John Roberts and he is the exact same guy that's on the security footage the surveillance footage that Alex got the email about now Alex doesn't have access to the book but like obviously like night of the murder the guy skulking around there pretty good suspect at least right and this is going to be our Jack the Ripper, I do believe, uh, unless, you know, it'd be a real, another quick turnaround if it was Ben Joseph. But I think, I think, I think we're led to believe that it's this guy. And uh, I thought that was just really cool. And I, it was, I, I was, I was trying to like figure out, I was like, what's going on here? Because I couldn't read the email. So like, I didn't know what was going on on like the security footage or like why they were showing it to that. But knowing that it was from the night of the murder... And like seeing the guy in the book check, I'm like, okay, now I get it. But uh, I was I was like really proud of myself as I typed the whole thing out, and like it was starting to make sense as I was going. I was like, oh, oh this is like, this is like I must have been like back in the 1950s, like when you could like <laughs> do that crack the code thing that was from the Christmas story, where you'd get like uh, like a piece of information every day, and you'd have to like translate. It. That's how I felt. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> So we are going to get, looks like we're going to get a, a, a Jack the Ripper character. And we see him on the footage. He's kind of a scary looking guy. And uh, we will see, he wrote a book on time migration. So we'll, uh, we'll see his uh, experience in that. Now, just kind of linking him with like King Olaf, like could they both be looking for somebody who could travel backwards and forwards? And didn't we see, like, other people attempt to, like, go backwards and forwards in time? Like, that Bohemian guy in the first season, he tried to. Uh, I guess he didn't He didn't quite escape. Uh, Lars caught him first. So maybe it is kind of a rarer thing that I'm thinking. Uh, maybe, like, people have just heard about that. And, like, it's kind of like a last-ditch effort for that Bohemian guy. But I'm not entirely sure. But uh, it seems like two-way time travel is going to be super important to the, you know, ending of season two. All right, so yeah, I'm really, I'm really just confused as to why Alex is continuing to work with the British police or what's in it for him, like payment under the table. Like I could see if it was like, like I said earlier, like I could see if it was like an illegal organization he was working with, because like maybe he could get like huge sums of money, but like for like another police department, like it just seems, I don't know, it seems very strange to be working with like a foreign. <laughs> to be working with a foreign police department instead of the one that you currently work at. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I wonder, wonder if Lars will get to the bottom of that. You know, a couple things I didn't mention here. So we have, <laughs> and I was writing my note, I wrote not bloody Odin when I was, <laughs> when he, when she came back into the, into the mix with Lars and uh, she's kind of like convincing him to get back on the temproxate, which is definitely solidifying my theory that, you know, this is all just part of Lars's head. Uh, trying to like, you know, you, you know, he wants to be back on the Tamproxate. Obviously it's uh, highly addictive and Odin is kind of like the representation for him. 
but also like a representation for him to like crack the case too. So it's it's all very strange. But you know, he's still dealing with all of that. Wenke is kind of becoming a queen. She uh, brings her cat to work, and uh, even though it's clearly making guys sniffle, uh, it's kind of like an excuse to like get us back into the Alex scene where he's checking the email. I was definitely cracking up at that. I mean, there's so much with Outfielder that's that's yet that's going to happen. Um, like, what does her brain scan mean for her? I loved when she was practicing English. And she was, I think it would just be so hard to learn, like, how she's learning. Like, she's, like, listening to a tape, and they're giving her, like, random phrases that, like, don't really connect. She definitely remembers it is raining outside, and uh, <laughs> Henry Black is like, indeed it is. It, it does that a lot here. So that was all, that was all good. Uh, there, there's definitely, like, a lot of humor in the show. Uh, and it could be a real heavy show, too. It's, it's just, just all the emotions, you know, all the emotions, this one. And I think Alex was sending the footage of the Jack the Ripper to the British police at the end of the episode. Like I said, they're still kind of in cahoots. Oh, and then when Elle Fielder goes in to get her, uh, her brain scan evaluation, is there, like some guy does like a double take at her. And I was wondering why that was. I just I mentioned it in my notes, and I don't remember why that happened. But I, why did she? Uh, why did that guy do a double take at her? Is uh, it her face tattoo? I don't know. I feel like that's more common in these times. Oh yes, and then Lars does have the temproxate as well. So like his brain got him. Like you know he doesn't remember getting it, but like Odin supplies the temproxate. But obviously like this was Lars who who got it. And like they show him walking downtown. And, like, usually when they show that, like, it's like, oh, yeah, this is, like, Lars going to get his fix. So they didn't quite show that to us, but, like, I think, like, the walking downtown is kind of code for that. <laughs> and then just one more little quick thing. It's uh, amazing when Elfielder finds out about Continental Breakfast and she's, like, putting eggs in her pocket. And <laughs> and uh, Lars is, like, explaining to her that, you know, it's all free. And, you know, continental breakfast, it is, it is a wonderful thing. I do like uh, staying at a hotel that has a, has a good continental breakfast. So, yeah, I don't know if that's, like, what the hotel manager was thinking. But, you know, Elfielder, she stays slang. So, <laughs> uh, what will happen in the last three episodes, I don't know. But I'm looking forward to seeing what will become of everybody. Hoping nobody die. I wonder if there's going to be any more deaths. Last season we had Erd die, uh, but I hope that uh, hopefully everybody will survive. I don't know who would be. It's good to see King Olaf maybe not making it in this season. I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully not Lars or Elfielder. They're kind of the heart of the show. Uh, not a lot of chemistry between them this season, right? That's kind of that, that's kind of died down, but that's okay. We don't need that. King Olaf and uh, Elfielder, when they meet, could there be sparks flying? I don't know. I don't know. I could see it. I could see it. Um, all right. I think that's enough if I'm speculating, if I'm, if I'm shipping people. So anyway, you could uh, follow the show at Wake Up Winden on Twitter. Not too active, but if you want to, if you talk to me, I will, I'll respond. Uh, so so uh, there's that. And then on Gmail, you could follow, uh, send, us, send me an email anytime wakeupwinden at gmail.com uh really good to uh you know continue to do this we have just three episodes left and then i'll try to pick a new project and i'll try to get some guests for those shows as well but you know i'll be happy to have the beforeiners finished i'll be at the third complete series that we finished we did dark we did uh god what was that show called the yeah equinox on netflix (laughs) 
Equinox. That was a Danish show, if I'm not mistaken. It was all right, you know. It was good six six episodes. It was quick. It's kind of spooky. Um, but uh, finish that one, and then Dark. Dark is a masterpiece. If you haven't seen Dark, please check out Dark. Dark is amazing. Very, 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 like perfect show through like seasons one and two. I would say season three, it's okay. It's pretty good. Uh, but one and two are like incredible. All right, so. Uh, and then I have done two episodes on Tribes of Europa. I don't know if I'm ever going to make it back to that, to be honest. But uh, Ulrich from Dark was in there, and it was kind of cool to see him. Anyway, uh, I'm rambling. That'll do for me. So take care, everybody. Have a great week wherever you are. And I'll talk to you guys next time. See you.